0: They're dead in our skin And build golf courts on our corpses Trail of tears Call death machines Apaches They dare to call death machines Apaches And their cars Cherokee And their cars Cherokee Glaring like the sun Glaring like the sun Are signs we were here before you Glaring like the sun Are signs we were here before you Trail of tears Trail of tears. This land knows us before you. This sun knows us before you. This land knows us before you. And this sun knows us before you. This moon knows us before you. Our mother here knows us before you. Our mother here knows us before you. And ancestors guide us. Ancestors guide us not to become you. you're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR, 855 AM, visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging, it acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in to 3CR's program, Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors, aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful, this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Welcome back to another episode of Behind Closed Doors. My name is Sasha Sidek and my pronouns is she, her. Um, tonight, we have a really special guest, actually a very inspiring guest. Her name is Georgie. Um, Georgie is a co-identified as trans, intersex, femme, non-binary, who, um, who uses pronouns she, her. She is currently a board member of Zoe Bell Gender Collective an advocate working on the Trans family resource. And Miss Georgie was an LGB trans intersex advocate for sister girls and brother boys in Alice Spring, Northern Territory. She is also a member of Intersex Human Rights Association, IHRA, and was working member of Darlington Statement, ACON, LGBTI, H-Care Project, National LGBTI Health Alliance for Mental Health Project, Northern Territory AIDS and Hepatitis Council, and Disability Service. And tonight, um, me and Georgie will, t- will be talking a lot about her involvement in the sex industry, which has, she has been in, in the last 40 years, and she still um, considers herself
1: a sex worker. So welcome, Georgie. Thank you so much. I'm so proud to be here, to ah. be able to talk about the industry sex work and trans
0: we are so fortunate to have you tonight it was it was actually a last minute that i found out that you're actually in the sex industry i just found out about georgie last last weekend and was like oh my god i need to have her in our (laughs) show
1: (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much
0: and by the way today is uh trans day of visibility so happy trans day of visibility to you and to you and to all trans and Yeah, women. to all trans siblings today. I hope um, you're having a great time celebrating um, and acknowledging um, all
1: our achievements. Definitely. Yeah. And what better way to celebrate than... Talking about sex work. Yeah. <laughs> for the trans community.
0: Exactly. And Georgie, you know, talking about achievement, you'll be in the sex work, uh, industry for a really, really long time. Can we start when yeah. did you actually first start
1: at what age as well? Okay. Well, I'll be 60 in May. So mm-hmm. not far away. So I'm one of the last remaining, remaining elders of my generation. Right. Uh, as trans. Uh, sex worker. Yeah. And I started working at the age of 15. Okay. I grew up in the Fitzroy Housing Commission, just down the road. Okay. Yeah. And what led me to sex work was um, uh, uh, being born intersex, but not finding out until 30 years later, and that's when I was uh, working in the cross. As a prostitute, Cross, meaning in um, King's, Kings Cross, Cross in, in Sydney. In Sydney, okay, yeah. okay. And but I first was turned out, family abuse, father couldn't handle my femme appearance and yeah. whatever else, and he was quite violent and abusive. Okay. Um, and then as a teenager between the ages of thirteen and seventeen, I had invasive surgery, uh, because of my intersex status and yeah. The patriarchal yeah, male yeah. stuff, but anyway, so of course I started running away from home, getting the girlies on, yeah. and just needed to. So to you
0: left home at age fifteen.
1: Fifteen, yes. Okay. I ran away from home. Yeah. And hit the street, hit Fitzroy Street, mm-hmm. and because um, I knew in those, in my day, the the only trans uh, women I knew were the lay girls. Oh
0: yes, I've met one of them, um Cherie. She passed away. Yeah,
1: well I know the old crew, Carlotta. Yeah. Oh my god, I met Carlotta too. Yes. Yeah, so um and uh that was down on the lower Esplanade, I think it was called Bojangles or something there. Oh yes, I heard of as it as well. Oh okay, but, so the street was in Fitzroy Street, not uh, not in the Barclay Street, St. I, Kilda. No well the Prince of Wales I hit, When I hit St Kilda, it was the Prince of Wales Hotel okay. on Fitzroy Street. Okay. And in those days, the Prince of Wales Hotel had two par, two bars. One side was the gay bar and one was the hetero bar. Okay. And so, of course, all us, us queers and trans and whoever hung out in the queer bar <laughs> and, of course, interacted with the men next door. Yeah. <laughs> but straight across uh, the road... If you sit from the front windows, um, was a little park called the Triangle that we nicknamed the Triangle, right. which was actually had a bus stop, mm. and so we could sit and drink at the window and overlook when client when cars pulled up at the bus stop. I could just run over, or whoever. Okay. We could just run over and pick up clients and go and do a car job. Yeah. And of course, come back with a few dollars and then. Next round is shout, you know it's your shout girlfriend, yeah, all that sort of stuff <laughs> and so and on a Sunday they had the drag show upstairs at every Green South Wales? every Sunday. okay yeah and um and a lot of uh very well known trans mm. uh at my i'm gonna say a few old use a few old terms That's and fun. i don't want I, but i w- don't want anyone to get offended no 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 because it's the way I grew up yes. and how we referred to each other, and how we were referred to each other politically and medically and socially. So these are just terms, so please do not get offended. Um, and so we were called either transvestites or transsexuals yeah. when I was a teenager. Um, and of course it was the drag, the drag show, which was, it was called a drag show, but there were mixed... Trans women, they were either lay girls La-lay or. Girls, yeah. I don't know whether I can mention names, but a lot of yeah. famous people.
0: That's okay, you can mention names. I'm, I'm yeah, there was Carlotta <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Michelle Toza and Renee yes.
1: Scott and all these under. I'm getting flashbacks now. <laughs> yes, yeah. this is it. And so for me, it was the highlight of my life yeah. getting away from the Housing Commission and all the abuse that was going on there, not just with myself, but with other teenagers as well. Yeah. So, and there was no way of hiding my femininity and queerness, mm. so um, so yeah, going out and that's how it first started with sex work.
0: So this is early eighties.
1: Uh, yes. Mm, okay. So this was early eighties, and again, so I went, and this is when I when I met all the trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, then I realised. Who I was and my identity and my ah, and okay. so it gave me permission and so I started buying hormones yeah off the other trans women oh like uh, black market well over the counter here girlfriend or someone's like here girlfriend uh, okay you know a little okay. bit of estrogen da 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 you know doing yeah. the, the the girly thing transitioning yeah full yeah. on and also running away from home sex work was the only way at the time. Mm. To support myself as well. Um, And, um, but then, and of course, we had no support from the police Mm. or protection as sex workers. So I went from the little triangle across the road from the Prince of Wales to then Barclay and Grey Street, which was designated (laughs) for us girls. So um, I worked there for a, a, a few years until maybe 18. 18 and then I went back to Fitzroy and got into welfare. Okay. And started my welfare career at the youth centre I used to go to as a kid. Right. So, and there were lots of wonderful, accepting people and friends mm-hmm. there. So I worked there for a couple of years and then gave that up and then went back to brothel work okay. in Fitzroy yeah. and took up sex work again. And then by the age of 24, I went into total meltdown, Mm -mm. suicidal, Mm -mm. like family rejection, everything, and um, needed to fully transition and... Totally be my female self. And at the, the time,
0: I guess there's no reach out, like organisation to reach out?
1: Well, one. Oh, there is. Okay. There was one. Okay. One called Theresia's House. Right. I rang every place I could ring in Australia. Yeah. Going, I need help, please someone help me. Yeah. Um, and then I, by chance, I contacted the refuge called Theresia's House. Right. In Sydney and um, they said, come on up. Oh, so that's when you went to Sydney? Yeah, this is when okay. I went to Sydney, and I yeah. was 24 by then, so this is like, I think, later, mid to later 80s. So
0: that means there's nothing in Melbourne at that time? No, nothing at all. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all nothing sisterhood,
1: whatsoever. where all the sisters yeah. love each other. and that's why I hit the scene. I yeah, hit of the, course. I hit the queer scene wherever yeah, I yeah, could, yeah, yeah. and so most of it, of course, was in St Kilda, Yeah, and so between... Being able to party, yeah. frock up, yeah. go to work, <laughs> yeah. go party some yeah. more, you know, and a lot of us, again, as um, a lot of us were rejected by family yeah. and whatever else, we all gathered and lived together in yeah. places and So supporting you went each up other. to
0: Sydney and what happened? So and I
1: went straight to Theresia's house mm-hmm. and it was fully run by transsexual uh, women then. Okay. Um, fully staffed by trans women and it was literally a refuge that housed about 18 of us so it was like a trans boarding house oh you know like wow so we all you know there was about 18 of us at a time that lived there
0: wow okay yeah
1: and so all the staff there had all the contacts for medical support hormone surgeries Waxing, plucking, oh, you know, whatever we needed. Nice, yeah. yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. It was like home away from home. Yeah. So it was the first time, really, I felt I finally was with family, my own people, and supported mm. because of all the the workers and because they're all transgender as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big support network and part of and and then. Uh, I spent maybe a few months transitioning full on. Yeah. And then, of course, I turned out and I'm like, so what, you, so what do we do now? What <laughs> yeah. do we <ourselves> do now? <laughs> and it's like, well, we go to work. Okay. And so I met a couple of really close, beautiful friends. And because in, in that day, in my day then, in the cross too, uh, on the street, there's a top dog. Where's a top dog? Uh like that uh serial prisoner oh. is the top queen. Oh right, okay. Right, that looks after any dramas, anything The Mama san The Mama san <laughs> she's the one. She's the one. Okay. Um and of course the beautiful yeah. Carmen Carmen Rupert. Was, Carmen Rupert was uh, the, yeah. uh living she's in iconic. an apartment where I ended up living as well and becoming mm. good friends with her and a mentor and a beautiful woman. And, um, but she, that wasn't her thing. So we actually had the top dog on the street who was also a worker. Yeah. So if there were any dramas, any girls out of line, ripping, rolling, whatever, else, I don't yeah, whatever happened, yeah. Uh, yeah. she sorted that out. Mm. And so you would get reprimanded.
0: Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen it before because I grew up with trans elders yeah. and I see how violent they can be. Oh. They are it, like a doll. And then when they get violent, oh, my God, it's so underbelly. Yeah, and <laughs> it
1: was. And it was the time I got there, it was the beginning of underbelly in the cross. Right, okay. So it was very hardcore, sorted. It was violence, a lot of violence. A lot of violence yeah. from everywhere. There were girls being murdered in the strip clubs in the cross. Oh. Um, Rapes. Yeah. And, of course, and where Carmen came into it was... Carmen uh, was politically minded and orientated mm. and started um, uh, what are you, uh, working with the police, yeah. Uh, liaisoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there were a lot of um, what we called the ugly mug list. Yeah. Clients as mugs. Yeah. The slang there for client. Um, because there were uh, a lot of men that became violent with the, the workers, yeah. with the girls. Uh, I experienced a few bad experiences. Mm-hmm. And so Carmen started liaisoning and I started working in the group as well, liaisoning with the police. Yeah. We met once a month. Yeah. And what the police did was put out a list of these men. So we described them and who they were. So like muck shots? Yeah, like <laughs> muck shots. Yes. Okay. So that's why we call it the ugly mugly. Yeah, list. yeah. <laughs> and so then... Any of the working girls could go to the, the ugly mug list and see who was. Yeah. And so if they did rock up again, we could identify them and then, uh, call trip a zero or? Well, we, we took it in our own hands. We okay. just, I'd take off a heel, and crack, a win- yeah. crack a window, crack a window. We, the girls would, I uh, would go, ugly mug. Yeah. The girls would gather around the car. Yeah. You know, and these guys would freak out because, when, we first, when I first started
0: oh. <laughs>
1: That's my phone, sorry. That's okay. Uh, when I, uh, when we, I first started working, it wasn't in the cross. there was what the, it was Premier Lane, just beside William Street. It was still part of the cross, but the police and legalities then didn't want us to be seen, right. So we worked. you could go around the back and there was a laneway parallel to William Street leading up to the cross yeah so I think it was about six months okay we worked there and then when Carmen and the liaison with the police and whatever else the police decided that we should be exposed and it was good yeah promotion for the for King's Cross right so of course they put us on William Street to be seen as part of the advertising for King's Cross so Coming down from the cross on William Street, there was the inside lane, which was the mug la- the client's lane. So they could drive slowly and stop all the way along. And the girls were all lined up along the street. We all yeah. had a little spot, Yeah. And so clients could stop and talk to the girls and work our business. Okay. There were rooms down the road. Yeah. And on the other side, of course, was leading up to the cross where the new girls worked. So... As a, an apprentice worker, <laughs> uh, you had to start on the other side of the street. Okay, so then you work your way up. And then you work your way <laughs> up, up the to- leg. Totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> I have been to- there before. And, and then when you've done your little apprenticeship, yeah, you come over with the main girls on the yeah. main strip, yeah. which leads into town. Okay. And, and then not further down with the women working as well.
0: Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. So I want to talk about more of the street-based work in King's Cross. I mean, yeah. um, so when you said you, you were working with the police, like with all the shot that means the police leave you alone? Do they give you problems working no, on the, the street? No, the police, no, yeah,
1: the police uh, didn't give us any problems. Yeah. But by law... You know, they didn't help anyway. Yeah. So, and the thing was, too, there was no police surveillance or anything. We were left up to our own devices. Again, it was Top Dog that sorted things out. Yeah. Or we sorted them out ourselves, between us, amongst us. Mm. And a lot of us were intravenous users. We were drug addicts. Yeah. Yeah. and so, of course, that's all part of having a habit. Yeah, of course. Working, you know, because going at the, the time, I guess
0: working on the street, like, is so easy to access with substance. Like, oh. clients bring it for you.
1: Totally, and yeah. of course, that's all part of the party. Yeah, right. Girlfriend, come on. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> once
0: you finished work, it's like, girlfriend, we have all this stuff. Let's go party. Yeah,
1: or two clients would come. Yeah, knowing that you are an. Uh, Using a party girl, girl, yeah, (laughs) and uh, because everyone had a reputation, of course, we were all you know pretty popular. Yeah, like you're out on the street, yeah, like for all to see. Yeah, and clients would come and go. I've heard you use blah blah blah. Can we go (laughs) have a and it's like, and of course they'd pay for it all, and away we went. Yeah, yeah. So and of course we also had clients coming down from the cross, Mm. whether they were. You know the Lebanese mobsters <laughs> or the Russians, yeah. you know, the the gangster boys and whatever mm-hmm. else. So, and some of them were clients as well. Yeah. And and because I was using, and I'm not trying to brag now, but yeah. I had a good reputation as a worker. Yeah. And I was approached by Lebanese crew, mm-hmm. and this dude just turned up one night going. I heard you're a good girl, and I'm. Well, of course I am. Like, <laughs> and he goes, no. And we started talking about amphetamines, and yeah. and he said, would you like to start dealing? And I'm, the best gear, all blah, right, blah. blah, blah. So yeah. there's all wheelings and dealings going on all the time. Yeah. So then, of course, I started dealing. Yeah. As well. So then I could yeah. use. Okay, gotcha. And support my yeah. habit. Yeah. You know. And, of course, uh, the sex work as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's all a mixed chain of events.
0: Of course. That was the days, isn't it? Um, yeah. Like I said, I grew up with trans elders, and I get to uh, experience a little bit of their world, and I get to see their world, and I can see the difference now. Oh, my gosh. Last time, yes, the street was amazing, like busy. Oh. yeah. Cars will be lining up. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. We it was literally like when I was on William Street, mm. it was bumper to bumper, mm. especially on the weekends. Like any night of the week. Yeah. But on the weekends, because you'd get all the the tourists. Yeah. Tourists too. Yes. Well, to, yes. yeah. All the even the tourists know the boys and the girls from Parramatta and yeah. all the Stradies coming in to have a look at all these queens yeah. and workers on the street and the cross, you know. Yeah. And, the strip giants and yeah. whatever else was going on, and of course, yeah. lots of accessible drugs yeah. everywhere. So,
0: so when when did you come back to Melbourne? Did you um um and then did you went back to the
1: street again? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I got to uh, Sydney um, mid eighty. I was twenty four. Yeah. And then of course in those days it was all about appearing as a cis woman and having what we called then uh, the sex change, which now is gender reassignment. So that's what the psychology was, and that's what we were told by the doctors as well, what we had to do. Hmm. So I went through, and a lot of us went through two years of psychiatry in those days to be approved for gender reassignment. Correct, unless you go to Thailand. That's right. (laughs) So... But here in Australia, it was so hard. Yeah. Um, and so, again, we were jumping through hoops, a whole medical team of doctors, psychiatrists and whoever else. Yeah. Um, and so when did you come back to Melbourne? I came back to Melbourne when I was 30. Okay. So I spent the six, six years, years there. in Sydney. Yeah. And I went and got a proof for gender reassignment. Okay. And when they were doing all the tests. Right. This is still in Sydney? This is still okay. in, before I left Sydney. Yeah. That's when results came back uh, that I was intersex. Okay. And so that was the first time that I found out. Oh, okay. You didn't know when you were a lot younger? No, I didn't know. That's why I co-identify specifically as trans uh, intersex because I just... And intersex was never heard of. Yeah, yeah. So I was trans until I was 30. Okay. And then I found out about that and... I just, for whatever personal reasons, yeah. I just hit rock bottom. and okay. went through a really bad time. Right. It was a bit of a shock for you as well. It was a huge, yeah. huge shock. And it made a sense of why I had invasive surgery as a yeah. teenager and behaviours and yeah. whatever else. Yeah. So anyway, I came back to Melbourne and family took me in. Okay. I recouped from... Speed psychosis for about yeah. a year. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Mum and Dad brought me back to health. Okay. Well, Mum did anyway. Um, and then when I picked myself up, I got back into some welfare work. Okay. I got into disabilities or whatever else I was doing. And then I went back to sex work again mm. in brothels around St. Kilda, Paran, yeah. Yeah. wherever. Worked for yeah. a few years It was then. my...
0: Um, Yara Street, yeah, Bay Street, yeah, from what I heard. Yeah, back in yeah, the 90s. I didn't get to experience oh, that, but to, I heard the story. Yeah,
1: too. And what we were talking about before, the, the the car park at Luna Park. Yes, the car park. That was another haunt as R- well to okay, work because yeah. it was a gay beat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I was about 18 or so. So, of course, we all just gathered and the girls just yep. started working mm. as well. But anyway, going back, so. At about, yeah, 35, I went back to work.
0: Okay. But you're already, like, experienced, especially working in Sydney. Oh. Yeah. That was the biggest time ever in my life. So you came here like, like I'm the pro now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh,
1: you know. Yeah. So, um, and I think, too, it for me, it was just also in my nature. Yeah, there were some bad things that happened. Yeah, you know, of course. There was some sexual abuse and some beatings and... You know, a gun to the head and a knife here and whatever else. Oh, but my that was gosh, a ca- yeah. 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 And, um, but also, I'm the type of personality that makes the most of a bad situation. Yeah. So I'm just like, yippee ia girlfriend. Yeah. It's party time again. Yeah. Stay positive. Yeah, stay positive. And, yes, like and Tomorrow's is a new day. I yeah. know.
0: A lot of trans elders are like that. I think you were brought up to just say, toughen up. And just, tomorrow is a new day. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And there's no, like, you can put me down, Mm. but I'll come out screaming like a banshee. And it's like, and like I said, I think it's, too, personally, it's Mm. part of my nature. Mm. I'm a very sexual, sensual being. Mm. I can be vain in my appearance at times. Body, you know, like six foot tall, you know to pretend <laughs> to be the supermodel. And yeah. that's what we were doing in the Well you, you
0: were all supermodels. Like, well, you, we described um, the girls on the suit was the the walking mannequins.
1: Well, yeah. Know, in my day when yeah, I was there... Yeah, we all
0: long gowns and everything. Well,
1: I was in my beautiful yeah. French lingerie. Right. That was my look. <laughs> Suspenders, stockings, brisolettes. Yeah. And it was the day of the, the supermodels of it. Um, um, Evangelista yeah. To the Crawford. Yeah. And we all modelled ourselves yes. of course after a supermodel. I've seen some some photos from that your era
0: and all the trans sex workers on the streets are so glamorous with all these diamantes and everything. Exactly. That like they're going to gala. Yeah, well,
2: no wonder no
0: wonder there's a line of cars lining up. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like starlight in the night. Right.
1: You know, and again, we all dressed up yeah. to the max. All gorgeous, beautiful, mm. proud, out and out of it. And what happened?
0: Like we need to bring that back. We need to teach was, the, oh, the youth. That was the most <laughs> yeah. glamorous
1: time of sex I've work in it. my life. Yeah. And I had no inhibitions, and a lot of us didn't, mm. to be out parading around on the street half naked. Yeah. You know, but... Half, we were dressed beautiful. Yeah, know, of course. Was, classy.
0: Yeah. Classy, yeah. And that was yeah. a sign of the time. Yeah, classy, expensive. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: And so times that I worked in brothels, we weren't... They didn't really like us to dress.
0: Yeah, it's different, um, right, yeah, it in changed. brothels. Yeah, we're Yeah, like yeah, 30,
1: yeah. We between age 30, 40. Yeah. And um, we were more covered. And yeah. what were conservative. I, yeah. I was, but...
0: Yeah, I think the street um, vibes and the brothel vibe is totally different. I've, I get to experience both, and like I said, working on the street is like freedom. Oh, it's, yeah.
1: yeah, because you're your own person, your own worker. Correct.
0: You do as you please. There's not much a competition either. I mean, like, every single workers have their um, market. I mean, guys are attracted every each girl. Yeah, because of the specific, way they dress and yeah, everything. We
1: all had our own look. Yeah, and it was very. Individuals. Individuals, And yes. like I said, my look was yeah. lingerie, suspenders, stockings, mm. corsalettes, frilly things. Yeah. And um and again, everyone had yeah. their own yeah. look. But um yeah, and then coming back to Melbourne and then being having to dress, mm. like, keep, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm going to take it off anyway, so <laughs> why do I need to put it all on? Yeah. It's like, rules at the house. Yeah, blah, blah, I know. Blah. Yeah.
0: And and now now you know um you still consider yourself as a sex worker oh definitely okay definitely. all right you still active on doing sex work
1: yeah okay if, if when I get my head around it because yeah. I've I came back to Melbourne about five years ago from okay. Alice Springs okay so Alice you were living
0: there for a bit and doing advocacy work at the same yeah, time
1: so ten years ago uh two thousand and eleven yeah um I dealt with. Family yep. issues. My father passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, out. out. Yep. And uh, as a gift, mm. she bought me a van, and okay. I go right road trip. Okay. Time for this queen to hit the road. <laughs> right. So I ended up in, in Alice, Alice Springs. Spring. Okay. By just chance, coincidence, yep. fate, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I was taken in by this the wonderful, quick, big community that's there. Which yes was surprising because that's the last thing I thought and anyway and then meeting Star Lady, who started the advocacy group, Sisters and Brothers NT and heard about me being trans intersex, whatever Mm -hmm. else, invited me to join the group so we started uh, advocating together Mm -hmm. and working with brother boys and sister girls, indigenous crew. Uh, The whole LGBTI, mixed Q bag of (laughs) everyone. Yeah, yeah. um, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and that was the last thing I expected too. Yeah. uh, You know, all I thought was in Alice Springs. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like...
0: Oh my gosh, I wish I, we could have a longer time. Uh, I mean, our time is up, really half an hour. Oh, you have okay. a lot of story to tell. I would love to have you back here again I, someday and I'd love to. Yeah, love and to. I would like to talk more about your advocacy work um uh with the sex uh community um and the brother boys in girls, especially in um northern territory. I would love to talk about yeah. that. Maybe maybe hopefully I can get you back here next month if if that okay with you. Yeah, just yeah? Like anytime you like. Yes, okay. Um, the mouth of the south.
1: <laughs> I, love yeah for our community and for thank people you. to be made aware yeah of yeah trans, I would uh, love to rape. hear
0: a lot more story because you are a very inspiring woman. Um oh, I just so got to much. know you more today. So I was like oh my god I'm really inspired by your story. So please thank, thank you so you. much for being here tonight and I hope all the listeners enjoyed Georgie's story. Um I know that um you People want to hear more of her stories. So, I'm definitely going to have her back next month in April. Um, yeah, so um, thank you. Thank you, Georgie. Thank you. Thank I you.
1: appreciate it very much. To have, I feel privileged. And happy
0: to in, uh, International Trans Day of Visibility to you. Yeah, and, and to you, and, and to, to all our trans siblings. Yes, exactly.
1: All right. Thank love. you. What yes. Love. Lots of love.
2: Energy. Energy. Right. We free autonomy. And we welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Welcome to the Radioactive Show. Thanks for tuning in. The Radioactive Show is coming to you from the studios of 3CR on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present. I'm Michaela, and on today's show we'll be bringing you updates on the four uranium mine proposals in West Australia. In particular, we'll be looking at the Vimy Resources proposal at Mulga Rock to the northeast of Kalgoorlie. On Wednesday, 23rd of March, the nuclear-free movement had a protest action at the Vimy Resources Annual General Meeting in Borloo, Perth, as the company put forward a last-ditch effort to see if they could find a joint venture partner or a buyer, for the unwanted and uneconomic uranium project that they're trying to progress. Today, we'll hear from Nooradjura woman Maria Barton, representing the traditional owners for the Mulga Rock area, and nuclear-free campaigner Mia Pepper, speaking at an online forum, Keeping West Australia Nuclear-Free in 2022, from Wednesday 16th of March. But first up on the show, let's hear from Xu Zhang, a Year 9 climate strike organizer speaking at Friday twenty. 25-